0: Lord God, so we humble ourselves before you this morning, and we want to hear from you. So we ask, Lord God, that you would come, that you would speak, that you'd be clear, and that we would be obedient, Lord God, to your word, oh God, and that it would, it would impact our families and, and follow us and transform us, Lord God, and impact generations to come beyond our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. God is awesome, amen. He is awesome. He is better than sliced bread with toast and jam, and he's better than you know rice con pollo. He's better than some fried chicken. I can eat some fried chicken. All right, I'm back enough from the fried chicken though. I got a word. I got a personal word. Back up from the artery clogger. Back, amen. But I just want to share. You know, this has been a very, uh, a very crazy week. It's been exciting. I'm going to be careful about what I say because the Lord has really been dealing with me about my language and the words that come out of my mouth. Be careful. Don't speak yourself into a grave. Amen. Don't speak yourself into a grave with your words. And sometimes your words, you're, sometimes you utter the words to yourself. You don't utter them out loud. you just, you're uttering them to yourself and they're killing you. So God has been challenging me to watch my mouth because that stuff travels. The words you speak travels into your life and it travels into the life of the other people. So being careful what I say. Um, and even this morning is having a conversation with a friend I accidentally called her. I was trying to get a hold of her husband. I had her I had that as the home phone actually was talking to her and she started saying some things to me and she I, I caught myself saying giving some a passive response, Oh things are good, this was challenging but this and then she just all I heard her highlighting though was the positive. And so I mean it, it was very quick, but the Lord's really been giving me very quick rebukes about my language, because um, he's really trying to transform my thought life. And when you God is trying to transform your thinking, sometimes you find yourself mid-sentence or about to start a sentence to say something you just need to hold back on. You don't need to say it, because God is trying to really deal with your thinking. So it, it's been amazing. So I praise God for that. Amen? Uh, uh, turn your Bibles to 1 Timothy 4.12. 1 Timothy 4.12. I'm going to blackberry it. (laughs) I'm reading from the New Living Translation. And Sister Debbie, can you put up the message version after this, after this one? Yeah, after we read it, this version. So, so don't let anyone look down on you. Everybody have it? Oh, wait. 1 Timothy 4. Twelve. it's up here it says don't let anyone look down on you because you are young but set an example for the believers in speech, in life, in love in faith and in purity let's start a message version, version of that Don't let anyone put you down because you're young. Teach believers with your life, by word, by demeanor, by love, by faith, by integrity. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, this week we we moved into our home, and uh, it was exciting. (laughs) Amen. Things were moving very quickly, you know, over the last number of months. I think we, was, we stayed so busy that we got out the way. And God was just expediting things for us, mm-hmm. and we, we were glad about that. So we moved into our home. So I had, we have these big furniture pieces, right, for our bedroom. And our bedroom is, you know, modest size. The pieces are nice size for all the things we own. So we get it into the house, but we could not get it up the stairs, okay, so because it would not fit up the staircase. So I'm saying, okay, you know, me, I like to have things in order, and, you know, it annoys me when some things are out of order. So they were sitting in our living room for a couple of days, so I'm thinking, okay, how are we going to get this up? I'd be looking for a crane company, trying to figure out somebody to move the furniture, because I said, we ain't getting rid of this. We just got this two years ago. This is too young, you know, to to, to just toss out. So I got a hold of some guy who um, he agreed to do it the day after Thanksgiving. And, you know, he quoted me a price. It was his Christmas money, so, you know. So he was, he was willing to do it. Um, so they came on Friday. And I had to take the window out because we have old windows. So I had to remove the window, hoping that I can get it back in. Sorry, that window's not going back in, by the way. So <laughs> it was old. But I, I tore that out, tore up my first window. Yes. Yes. I was loving it. I was loving it, hitting that hammer against there. And I had to even break out the frame, So, I, and the frame which is attached from the outside. So anyway, I push the frame out. I take out the window. The guy was surprised I didn't break the window itself, you know, the glass itself in doing it. Um, and so we, the, the experience began. But before that, I, the crane pulled up. He calls me, tells me he pulls up, See this humongous crane come to the building uh, in front of the house, and out I, I also see come this little boy. And he told me he was going to have his son come and help him. Okay? So I'm thinking the guy is like, you know, 20-something, you know, a grown man. So I'm looking at this little boy, and I'm saying, okay. I said, is this the little boy you're going to talk about? So he said he, he was also going to have a friend help him. So his friend did come. Anyway, him and his friend, they did the rigging. But it was his son, who was 10 years old, his name is David, he operated the crane, so the, his father and the other guy are in my driveway, in our driveway, and his father is just pointing to him and giving him different signals on when to move up, when to move down, when to steady it in. But it's this ten-year-old boy who's sitting behind the crane. So I said, "Okay, I'm getting a word, Lord. You're saying something here." But that 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 stuck with me because you know you know we we look at people and we despise them because their age. You know, we think they're not capable of certain things, and and we make snap judgments, and we could be just as young as they are, but we're quick to judge them because what they're doing is out of character from what we're used to. And sometimes, you know, you have to recognize your, your own language. I talked about your language before, being careful what you say. The things you say, imagine if his father never nurtured that ability in his son. First of all, he needed a father. In order to nurture that ability in, in in his son, in order for this to be nurtured, for him to learn that skill, just like this young man Timothy, who Paul was his spiritual father, and nurtured him to stay where he was, uh, because this scripture, this verse here it says, "Don't let anyone put you down because of your youth. Teach believers with your life, by word, with demeanor, by love, by faith, by integrity." I mean, this man was charged with leading a church of people who had fallen into all kinds of other beliefs, just, you know, popular fables, all kind of spiritual ideas that had nothing to do with God. And here's this young cat charged with leading this congregation, this body of people, uh, and Paul charged him, you stay right there. You stay there and lead those people. and Don't let anybody despise you because of who you are. So there are a couple of lessons I got out of that that visit uh, from um, that experience, I'll say. Uh, One of them was, you know, sometimes the front door won't get you where you want to go. We need to get that furniture upstairs, but that front door was not going to cut it. Sometimes the view from the top is exactly where you need to go. And so that direction that comes from the top, when you look from a spiritual standpoint, it comes from the Lord. The Lord gives us direction. And access from the top, it requires some skill, it requires some resources. I could not have gotten the cane, the the dresser and the armor, upstairs by just throwing it upstairs. This is not, you know, no ordinary family. I don't have superpowers. Okay, I'm not called stretch. I can't stretch it over, pick it up. I don't have that ability. But it requires resources and skill to do that. And so they had the crane. And so accessing those skills is what I needed to do. Not worry so much about getting it in the traditional way. Sometimes God wants to get you in somewhere in a non-traditional way, and you need to be able to receive that. And if you're so busy cutting yourself down and cutting down other people by the approach and the skill that they have and, the, and what they're doing, you'll never get to your destination. We'll never get to our destination because we're so cool. Our language is wrong. Our language is wrong. And so because our language is wrong, our approach is wrong. And sometimes you need people in your life who don't see things the way that you do. Because if you have everybody in your life who sees things the way that you do, you will only get as far as what you expect. But if you have other people in your life who see things differently from you, you'll get farther than you anticipated. God wants you to to register in your life. There are places he wants to take you and people he wants you to influence that he is going to get you there. But he's not going to get you there in an ordinary way. And you have, to be, you have to stop thinking that somehow you're going to follow what you've seen or read in the past. This is a new day. And you are a new individual. Last time I checked, there's not another you. There's only one you. There are DNA samples of you, but they're not you. And so you have to recognize that the calling that God has in your life is unique to you. And the path that he has for you is unique to you. So your language has to be very careful. Be cautious about what you say. Blessings and curses come out of the same mouth that you're supposed to use to bless someone else. Sometimes that someone else is you. You need to look in the mirror. Some of us need to go in the mirror and look at ourselves and bless ourselves. Because you're not going to get it. You're not, you're not going to get infused with a new way of thinking if you don't look at yourself first and say it. So maybe you need to go home and look at the mirror and practice the right things to say. So that when you don't have a mirror in front of you, because you know we forget how we look. The Bible says, you know, we forget our appearance very quickly. So, you know, you know, you look, oh, one more. One more, wait, did I do that right? We forget. But maybe you need to rehearse a little while longer in the mirror about how you see yourself, about what you think you're capable of. And you need to get surrounded by some people who are not like you. Amen. All right, it's okay to go to dinner with people you have nothing in common with. They might just get you where you need to go. Okay. Difficult does not mean impossible. That example of that window situation in our house was it was evidence to me that difficult does not mean it's impossible. It was impossible for me to do it on my own. It was not impossible to do it with the right resources and the right people who knew what they were doing. Another situation. We have a box spring, which, of course, just happened to be too big to get through the window. So it stayed right there in the living room. And I'm on the phone with some friends. I even call, I called Pastor Arthur. Pastor Arthur, I need you to do some research for me. I need to get a collapsible box spring, something, I, you know, figuring out, trying to spend money I didn't have. And all of that. And then I went to my father, who's a, who's a craftsman, And he said, he immediately looked at me. He said, okay, let's see what we can do. And him and his partner, they they started to pry the the box spring apart to make it flexible so that it can fit through the staircase. So there were some pieces of wood they had to pull off because it was a pretty good box spring. They pulled that off. Some we lost. We lost some. But for the most part, we got got most of it up there. We can sleep on it. And it's in good shape. And if I didn't tell you this, you wouldn't know. So don't come talking about my box spring when you come by the house. That's none of your business. Okay? <laughs> but, but the fact of the matter is we got it upstairs. Do we have some bumps and bruises along the way? Yes. We have a ceiling in the hole to show it. We have a dash on the left side of the staircase to show it. But guess what? Those things could be patched up. With the right resources, you'd never know it was there. If I didn't tell you. The right resources, you'd never know. you say, oh, this is beautiful. Yes, it is. Now, you didn't see that dash, did you? Did you see that gash? With the right resources and skill, it can get done. Amen? We need to remember that those right resources, now those are very physical things for us that we can relate to. But the right resource, the, per- the change that needs to happen Sometimes it needs to happen from the top. Amen? Change begins at the top. I didn't share the title with you. That's what it is. Change begins at the top. It begins with our vertical relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. So we have a a lot of good things. You have a lot of good ideas, but you don't have the right people in play. To get you there, there will be no success in your journey. The right resource for us begins with the top the Lord Jesus Christ has the skill. He's got the resources. The Bible says he owns the cattle on a thousand hill. Yes, is that is that literal? Of course it is cuz he made it. It also means that he owns everything. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Well, not going to take time to count them, but you know, they're his. He had he is the resource provider. We are the ones who'll be steward of resources. And so if you're looking for something to be in, to be adjusted, if you're looking for um, something of value to happen in your life, understanding that it's only going to happen through Jesus Christ. He's the one who has the resource for you. He's the one who could train us to use those resources, just like that father trained his 10-year-old son to use the crane. I can have a resource, but I'll know nothing to do with it. I have no idea how to use it unless I have the right person training me. Training is important. So this 10-year-old boy, the father even told me, he said, I will put my 10-year-old son up against a 25-year-old experienced crane operator any day, any day. The father knew the resources that he possessed. He knew knew how to use them, and he transferred the ability in using them to his son, the very thing God wants to do with us. That's why he was challenged, just like Paul challenged Timothy. I'm sure Timothy was crying and was a little upset and didn't want to be around them people because they were wilding out. and He was young and he never dealt with anything like this before. He was probably half the age of most of them. Who knows? Who knows? But The reality is it was more than he could handle, but Paul challenged him to stay there. Stay there. Teach believers with your life. Teach believers with your life, by your words, by your demeanor, by love, by faith, by integrity. There is a young boy who, I pulled this from the paper the other day, his name is Edward Kesserick, he's 16 years old, he goes to St. Benedict's Preparatory School in Newark, and this was on the cover of the Star Ledger a couple days ago, anybody see this? Well, this guy is Kenyon, and he went to school when he could afford tuition. Sometimes he couldn't afford it, he couldn't go. But for the most part, they managed to get him the tuition money. What he could not afford was the car fare to get back and forth from school. So when the bus money ran out on breaks, he had to run it. And he ran eight miles a day to and from school, from home to school. That was a hardship. for. Oh, by the way, he had no sneakers. So he did it barefoot. Over hills, over valleys, he did it barefoot. And so this went on, of course, for a number of times. What it ended up doing, though, and he didn't recognize it, it ended up building his capacity. It built his capacity. For what, you might ask? Well, the young man runs for Benedict PrEP. How does he run for a school in Newark all of a sudden, this 16-year-old from Kenya. Well, the right person at the top was watching him, and so there was this priest in Kenya who had heard about him, who was connected to Saint Benedict's Prep, had heard that he was actually winning all of these track competitions in Kenya, in his in his village, and he that he also knew his hardship that he was facing economically. Uh, And so he entered him with an opportunity to go to school in Newark. And with that came being on the track team. And so here this Kenyan young man who's, this is a year ago, (coughs) he was in Kenya running barefoot, no resources. Now he's in the States, in Newark, going to a private school, free of charge, setting records, so in his division right now, he no one has his speed. No one has his speed. I think it was a was an 8k in 14 minutes 53 seconds. The boy is nasty, for lack of a better word. Okay, he's got he's got game. Okay, he's got game. But it took the right person with the right resources to link him in. So in his own mind, I'm sure he would have said, that'll never happen. As a matter of fact, in the story, he said it, this, it was more than what he could dream of. Of course it was, on his own. But when you're linked to the right people, and to the right resource, and the right source, nothing is impossible. We have to change our language. I get a sense we have to change our language in here. You, you don't take it for granted. It wasn't until I told myself, and I, t- I, and I spoke to the Lord consistently about this, because it wasn't just positive thinking. I delivered. I said, Lord, look, what it, I believe you're calling me to Newark. I, I don't understand why, but I believe you're calling me there. you you got to show me when. And it was in those continuous conversations that as time went on, I began to get more and more of a push in that direction. I didn't set anything up. I applied, of course. I looked for job opportunities, all those things. But what I happened to fall into was not something I went after. But I, had to dis- I discerned where God was calling me, and that was my continuous prayer. And because of that, I got pushed into the right position. Look, God wants to do the same thing with, with us. He wants to position us for what he's called us to do in this life. He wants to position you. He wants to position you. He wants to position you for what he's called you to do. But if you're not linked to him, if you don't have a relationship with him, guess what? You're not going anywhere. Your spiritual life is not, it's, this is not just about, oh, praise the Lord. I love you, Jesus. You're so great. It's not a Sunday experience. Your relationship with the Lord has everything to do with your everyday life. God has a purpose. The Bible says, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Those are real, tangible life experiences. That's not pie in the sky, just heavenly thinking. And so, if you're going to understand God's will for your life, you're going to have to commune with Him. You're going to have to have a relationship with Him. You have to have a relationship with Him. And then, the Bible says the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. You're pursuing Him, He orders your steps. And then you begin to see your life take a different shape. It's not what you thought it would be because you were basing it just on your own intellectual capacity. It was based on what God was calling for you, what he was mapping out for you. Second point I took from that young man uh, and from Timothy. You know, our life experiences, they end up preparing us for future use, right? So sometimes we take our life experiences for granted. We think, oh, but I only work at ShopRite. I've been working at ShopRite five years now. This is not where I want to be. But you could, who knows, you could be running in to the very person every day who's looking to invest in somebody who wants to start their own business, the very dream that you had, and it just had to be the right opportunity and the right time. But also staying with something, even when it got difficult. Sometimes we're, we're forced to stay with something. Just like Timothy, he was challenged to stay with something, even though it was going to be difficult for him. Staying with something, even when it's difficult. Build our capacity to be what we need to be in a new situation, in a new environment. And so some of us don't ever grow and get there. Never build the capacity we need because we don't stay at a place long enough. We want to run. As soon as we get there is what we ask for. Then we get there, and then we want to run from it. But we don't want to build the capacity we need to be effective. we want to move but God hasn't moved us but you won't know whens the right time to move if you don't have a relationship with the Lord you don't you need to know the source so he can input the data into your brain about how to operate where you are so you can he can build the capacity you need to go to the next place. stop creating your own agenda how about, do, do yourself this favor stop developing your own plan I didn't say don't plan. I didn't say have some kind of idea of what you want to do, but stop trying to make sure all you have all soup to nuts and all together. It's not going to go that way for you. It's not going to go that way for you. If you're looking for a traditional route, you'll get a traditional outcome. Ask yourself about the rich and famous now. None of them took a traditional route. Half of them don't have half the degrees we have in this room. But you're still looking for a traditional route to get to an extraordinary place. Not happening. Not happening. So it's a very uncommon thing to trust somebody who you can't see, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Very uncommon to trust somebody yeah. you cannot see. The Bible says, call upon me, and I will show you great and mighty things you do not know. Part of that is called faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not. Who can build that capacity of faith in us? The Lord Jesus. Connect to the source who has all the resources so he can input into your brain how to use them, put you on the path that you're supposed to go so you can stay for the extent of time he's called you to stay there. Hello. So then you can move on to the next destination. Stop getting angry with other people who you see are successful, who are making progress, Stop looking to take their road. My road is not your road. My life is only an example of the faith that you need to have so that you can get to your destination. Your job is not to get to my destination. Your job is to get to your destination. But you have to discern what your destination is. You have to have a sense of, God, what are you calling to do? What are you calling from my life? What are you expecting from me? You have to ask those questions. I dare you to ask them, you'll get an answer. But if you don't ask them, you won't get an answer. You'll be dead quiet. Huh? You gotta ask the right questions. So if you're stuck in a rut right now, maybe you're not asking the right questions. Maybe you're not leaning on the right source. Maybe mm-hmm. you're spending too much time talking on the phone and asking your friends about solutions. Not enough time asking God about his plan. Because if the Bible says, call upon me, if God says, call upon me and I will show you great and mighty things you know with not, then why are you calling your friends? Why are you calling your friends? There is a trust factor. There is a trust factor when it comes to having a relationship with God. It is not a Sunday thing. It is a daily life experience. Timothy was not called to lead a church on Sunday. A church actually are people. It's not a building. The building can disintegrate. And guess what? We could still meet at the same location, rain or shine. The church are the people. It is people who needed to be guided. It was people that, that Timothy was challenged to lead. People he, that I understand, probably many he did not like. And many of whom he was probably, in their eyes, a baby. But it, the church was the people. Not a building. Change your mindset. Change your mindset. You're picturing God in the wrong way. And that's why you're having the same poor Because you're not understanding who God is. so God wants that to be deleted from you. Delete that from your bank account. Delete it from your cash memory. Delete it. Change your expectation. If you want a different outcome, change your expectation. Change your relationship. Change your status. If this is Facebook or Twitter. <laughs> change your status. The only one who can really change our status is the Lord. But once He changes our status, He puts in us a will and a desire and a way of thinking and an action plan that people can observe. It comes out in your mouth. It comes mm-hmm. out in your actions. It comes out in what you're willing to risk doing that others won't do. It comes out in what you're willing to believe that other people say is foolish. But so far, it's got you results, so I would stay with it. People watch you. People watch what you do. They watch what you say. They listen to what you say. They look at who you are. Your life Is a downloadable program for others to observe and see Christ. you don't have Christ, I know a rapper who says you don't have life. So this is about a personal relationship with him that actually affects our day-to-day. And who knows what this Kenyan boy is going to be up for? Who knows what he's up for years down the line? Who knows what he's going to be used to do because he was in in a location, but the right people, the right person saw him, pulled him in, and cultivating that gift. God wants to do the same thing with you. He wants to pull your attention and cultivate your gift, put you in the right environment so you can flourish. Sometimes that right environment is uncomfortable. Sometimes you are barefoot on rocky ground, and it's painful. But he's doing it. He's preparing you so that when you go to a nice comfortable spot, it's easy. Difficulty is not to make life more difficult. Difficulty is for making life better for others and for yourself. You'll find it. You'll find it that your heart situation now will be a blessing to somebody else in the future. Your heart, your heart's your difficult situation now. It's blessing somebody else right now because they're watching how you're handling it. They're watching how you're handling it. So that's why you have to watch what you say because your words will tell the story. Your words will tell the story, and you have to decide for yourself, what is the story I want other people to hear? What is the story I want the people to hear? Amen? Change begins at the top. It begins with understanding who has called you, who you need to have to be effective, to be that transformational person, whether it's in your family, whether it's in your community, whether it's at a school, whether it's at your job. What is it that God wants from you? What is it you're looking for? What are you expecting to have it? The Bible says, Set your sights on things above, not on the earth beneath. The view from the top is better. The view from the top is better. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you for today, Lord. Um, we We really need to see with your eyes. Oh God, we need to see what it is you want from us. Lord God, I pray that your Holy Spirit, Lord, would would, would really uh, speak continually to the folks here who are gathered together. Lord, that we would, Lord God, get um, the change <laughs> that we need. Lord God, get the change that you're looking to make in our life, Lord Jesus. We're valuable. Each and every one of us, you called us, Lord God, with a purpose. And you have a plan and a destiny for us, Lord. Lord God, are we just humbled by your presence. I pray, Lord God, that anyone here, Lord, who, who, who is doubting you, doubting the reality of who you are, that you show yourself. Show yourself to them. Give them evidence that you are the source and that leaning on you yields the most effective results they could ever get. Show them, we pray, Lord. In Jesus' name. If you want to pray, Pointedly, because this, this rings for you in some way. If, if you need to change your view, <laughs> if you need to shift your language, how you're seeing yourself, how you're seeing a your situation, why don't you stand? Why don't you stand? Lord, we're weak, Lord God, but you are strong. You are mighty in battle. You say in your word, "Be strong in the Lord and the power of His might." Lord God, we're standing because we believe that we need you. We need a shifting in our perspective, Lord God. We need a shifting in our in our view. We need a shifting in our reality, and we know that's only going to happen through Your power and through Your presence. Lord Jesus, we want to be conformed not to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds that we prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will for our lives. You have our lives in your hand. You are the holder of the perfect will. You are the holder of our destiny. You know what you created us for. You know what you want each and every person Lord God who is standing to do and to be and to become. And Lord, we can't do it without you, but we need a change in our language. We need a change, Lord God, in how we're seeing things. We need to be able to even go home, look in the mirror, and see ourselves differently because we're believing, oh God, that you are the one who is the transformative figure in our life, who has the ability to take us, oh God, where we're called to go, even if we're barefoot on rocky ground. Even if life is very difficult, even if we have a lot of questions, Lord, I pray, Lord God, that you would allow that small window of faith to open wider in the lives of each person standing. And, Lord God, that you would revolutionize their perspective, revolutionize their situation, and make them, oh God, the examples you call them to be. Make them the light, Lord God, you call them to be in their jobs, in their families, in their communities, Lord Jesus. Make it, Lord God, every day. Make this week, Lord God, a dynamic week where your presence is shown and left to right, front and back, that they can't escape it, that somehow, Lord God, they feel trapped by a new perspective that puts them, Lord God, on the road and in the position and in the line of work that you have for them. We thank you for your power because it is your power Lord God, it is your power that works in us, both to will and to do for your good pleasure. What is your good pleasure? What is your good pleasure today? What is your good pleasure for the lives of these people standing, oh God? You know it well. May they ask you that question. What is your good pleasure for me? What is your good pleasure for me? And God, I pray that you would answer it. That you be clear. That your words would be concise and that we would be obedient in your response to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. How many of you received that word today? Amen. Thank you, Minister Stephen, for sharing that timely word with us. Amen. Hallelujah.